Welcome to the Fedora Project Podcast, Episode 5, Paul Freed talks about the Fedora Magazine. Welcome back to the Fedora Podcast, I'm Edward Lucena, and right now I'm here with Paul Freed, former Fedora Project leader, and now he's a contributor in several things and is the chief editor of the Fedora Magazine. Hello, Paul. Hi, Edward. Good to talk to you. Uh, good to have uh, this conversation with you. Uh, the first question I have for you is uh, uh, for people to know, what is the Fedora Magazine? Yeah, so the Fedora Magazine is um, kind of an outlet that was originally designed for just general news about the project years ago, um, but it wasn't heavily used um, for some time. And one of the members of the Fedora team, uh, Ryan Lurch, uh, kind of resuscitated it, kind of brought it back from the dead, and started writing news articles uh, for general users of Fedora just to show them like a cool application or uh, an interesting shortcut or a tip about how to use their system. And we found that we started getting a lot of response uh, to those kinds of articles. And so we use that as the basis for kind of relaunching the magazine and giving it a very specific focus. And that is entirely on Fedora users. Um, so we, we call what we call a user for the magazine is not just a person who might use the desktop um, of the standard Fedora workstation, um, you know, a web browser, uh, or, or, you know, using LibreOffice. That certainly is one type of user, but we also are also trying, you know, we're trying to speak also to the, um, software developers who used Fedora as their platform of choice. We're also trying to talk to system administrators who are sharpening their skills by using Fedora. Some of them may, may be running Fedora for, um, for services in certain areas, um, or they might be using Fedora to see what is coming in the future for other enterprise Linux products, such as Red Hat Enterprise Linux or CentOS. Um, so the magazine is a way for us to reach all of those people who are putting Fedora to use, uh, as opposed to maybe focusing inward on the community. We're really, uh, we are really trying to avoid those types of stories, not because the community is not important, but because we have so many other places for community members to read that kind of material. So we really want to focus outward on the very, very large audience of millions and millions of people out there who are using Fedora. Maybe they're even using another Linux platform. Maybe they're even using another operating system entirely, but they want to know uh, that Fedora may be for them because they can put it to use in all these different ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Uh, before the Fedora magazine was relaunched, it was called Fedora Weekly News, right? Yeah, a long time ago, um, there, there have been a, actually a number of Fedora news sites over the years. Um, way back in 2004, I think around 2004, 2003 even, um, there was a Fedora news site, fedoranews.org, and it was essentially just a feed of different information that went out that was, um, somewhat automated in nature. 
And then later, the Fedora Weekly News was a site that was meant to capture information about discussions or work or events that went on inside the Fedora community and sort of wrap them up in a neat uh, weekly report so that people in the community could easily read and consume that and catch up on what was going on, even if they didn't have time to read every email message or see every announcement, they'd be able to pick up on that news. Um, and as it so happens, for, for a little while, uh, back in, I think, 2005 or 2006, um, I was doing a Fedora Weekly News podcast myself, just recording it in the basement and sending it out there uh, to Fedora contributors. Um, I only did that for, uh, I think it was for a few months. And it, it, when I, I guess what I, what I kind of determined was the, the metrics weren't there to, um, to justify, uh, the amount of effort that I was putting into the podcast. What I've been really happy to see is that, you know, this Fedora podcast that you've been doing, Edward, with the Fedora marketing team, um, has been really popular, just like leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, what I was doing 10 years ago. So that's been really nice to see. Well, thankfully, I have uh, a lot of support for uh, from you guys in the magazine and also from the council of Fedora. So I'm really thankful that I'm being able to do this right now. Uh, we are reaching our five. Yeah, this is our fifth episode. And I already have uh, at least uh, four more episodes planned that I'm already scheduled and there are a lot of other people that want to, but I need to coordinate when to do the interview and have time to do the edition. A question I have for you is, uh, when we had a Fedora weekly news, we have a weekly post right now. We have more than one post per week. You have a, in the magazine, we have a schedule to work or we have a specific days when, uh, Articles are published? Yeah, so um, we actually have an editorial board um, for the Fedora magazine, and um, I'm one of the editors on that board. Um, Ryan Lurch is on it as well. Uh, Clement Verna has been working with us. Um, we are always looking, in fact, for other contributors. Um, specifically, when you're an editor, uh, one of your responsibilities is to attend the weekly meeting for the magazine. And during that weekly meeting, we figure out in advance uh, a publishing schedule for the next roughly week to two weeks, depending on what the, what other events might be happening um, during that time. Um, so for example, the last meeting that I was at, which was about a week ago, um, because there are a lot of events happening over this week and next week, we actually planned out our publishing schedule three weeks in advance, which I don't think we've ever done before. We usually play pretty fast and loose and we're very flexible, but because there were a lot of people who were going to be away at various times, we decided to set up our schedule um, pretty far in advance. And what we try and do is uh, schedule at least three articles a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We find that um, keeping up a, a steady cadence of articles is a great way to engage people. Um, having said that though, you know, we're always happy to, um, to publish more articles. Uh, you know, at the time of this interview, we're, we're talking right now. Um, just, just, uh, as of this week 
on Tuesday, we had a few articles, including the release of Fedora 28 beta. Those announcements are always made in the magazine now because it's a very attractive site to bring, uh, uh, readers to. It's a, it's a, it's a nice site to link from if we spread articles to Reddit or Facebook or, um, Twitter or whatever social media that we hit. Um, that way we know that, that readers are landing on a, uh, on a, on a very nicely formatted, um, attractive page that makes the Fedora project look really good, I think, as opposed to having them land on a mailing list posting that is just kind of plain text, is not very distinguished, uh, or distinguishable from, uh, from other types of projects. So it's a nice way for us to kind of lend a hand. So anyway, we have, you know, we have more than just three posts a week, um, that we've done this past weekend. And we're always open to doing that. We just try and keep up at least a minimum of three a week so that we, uh, you know, we stay on people's radar and, and let them, uh, let them know what's going on, uh, in Fedora. Uh, I'm assuming that this, uh, three posts per week schedule can be disrupted, for example, with, uh, releasing, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we plan for announcements, uh, around any major release. So the beta and the final GA announcement for any Fedora release, we always publish that in the magazine. That is the, that's the, um, the standard location that we link everybody to, um, for our announcements. And that way also we can measure the engagement of people, right? When, if they come in and visit the post, we know how many people are coming to view the announcement, um, and which is very helpful. Um, and we also disrupt it for, for other reasons too, right? Um, if there is a security, uh, announcement or you know, some other sort of special event that merits notice, uh, we will often do a quick post, uh, in the middle of the week. It might be, you know, we might have two posts on one day. We might be posting five, five or six posts that week, um, to try and bring some more information around it, right? An example would be the recent, um, Spectre and Meltdown attacks, uh, where we actually passed some news to the community, uh, as quickly as we could about the mitigation work that was going on, um, to make sure that Fedora users and Fedora consumers were, um, not only educated, but also could keep their systems up to date and, and keep them as, as, uh, as secure as, as we can. Yes, this uh, was like the case that we have with uh, Meltdown, this kind of security holes that need to be published as soon as possible so people can get uh, everything up to date and get keep informed of how Fedora is uh, attacking this kind of, of issues. Also, right. I have a um, question. You, you mentioned that you have you are one of the editors. We have uh, at least two other editors, but editors doesn't mean that you are the only people who writes in the magazine. So, who can write an article in the magazine? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's actually a, a great point. Um, and maybe I'll take that in two parts. Um, the first part that you mentioned, you know, we have a few editors. Um, we're, we're always looking for contribution to the magazine and, you know, being an editor, uh, is not, it's not somebody who is blessed with magical powers. Um, the only thing we look for in editors is that they have more time, uh, to devote to the magazine, uh, rather than to other contributions because you do end up spending, you know, a few hours a week 
typically on on work uh, for the magazine um and we're looking for people who have incredibly strong english language skills so they don't have to be a native speaker but they must have a very good command of the english language because we have certain style rules and uh and and other um quality issues that we want to maintain on the magazine so for example we want to have proper grammar usage we want to have the articles be easy to read and that they follow a certain style and uh and so it helps if the person who's an editor um has a really strong command of the english language in order to do that but being an editor is not the only way to be involved right of course we always want writers um writers can contribute an article really easily we have an entire uh we have an entire post on the site or i should say a page on our uh on our magazine site that explains how to go through the process of becoming uh, a contributor and it's really not hard you you have to make an account and then essentially you use the wordpress instance that we run right that's what magazine is based on uh in order to um write up uh your your idea um as a what we call a pitch right and because you're you're pitching your idea to the editors and then the editors will either approve it or they might ask you to make make a few tweaks or a few changes um rarely we have to turn down pitches because you know they may not be good fits for the magazine or a good fit for uh for fedora for whatever reason um but for the most part um pitches generally get get approved i would say something like you know 80 to 90 percent of pitches are approved once the pitch is approved um you can draft your article uh directly on the site um it's very easy to do it's using a standard wordpress interface so if you know how to use wordpress or any editor for that matter any web editor uh it's extremely easy uh to write your post you don't have to know any special markup language um the editors can help with links and they can help with uh even uh with with style or grammar fixes to make sure that your article looks professionally written uh when we publish it and we'll work with uh with uh, authors on the draft uh to make sure that it's as good as it can be uh and then the editors will provide uh, a little bit of cover art for it and and set up a publishing date for it so it's a really easy process and uh Edward I I will provide you the link and you know if you have a way to include that in your show description or your show notes uh we'd love it if you if you were able to do that Sure uh I was a writer myself uh, before the podcast I have two or three articles the beside my marketing task like the post the beta releases or something and I can say this is not a hard process uh, I think uh, the most important part is maybe to be able to attend the meeting when your draft is going to be discussed to be helped by the team and you uh, you guys are really really good to uh, ed- uh, editing these uh, all these articles but uh, an idea that come to mind is uh, if it's that easy to work uh, to write an article in the magazine do we have a process or or a guide when we can say what can be reading in the magazine or what can be not reading in the magazine in terms of, I don't know, maybe software licenses or reading articles about not federal related topics or something like that. Yeah. So we actually have linked from, uh, the, the guide that I just mentioned, um, is really about the process of, of 
becoming a contributor to the magazine, but we also use that article to link to an additional guide that kind of helps you write a good article. It helps you uh, make a good pitch. And it also has a guide that shows you how to write your article as well as possible. Um, and so between those two guides, we actually provide some, some help in understanding what will make a good article, right? What will make something likely to get accepted, um, as opposed to turned down. Um, I think there is a common misconception, um, among new authors that if they show up to the magazine, that if they're going to write about a specific topic, um, for Fedora users, that it has to be, it can only be about 100% free and open source software. And that if it's not in the Fedora repositories, uh, we won't cover it. And that's actually not the case because we know that users out there are making use of a lot of different software, right? Fedora for them may be a tool and it's only one type of tool in their toolbox, right? And, and maybe even open source software, uh, as a whole may only be part of their toolbox. So we try and allow room for people to make choices about what software they, uh, they want to use. So for example, you might find, um, in addition to articles about Firefox, uh, and, and some of the features that happen there, which, uh, end up in, in the Firefox package in Fedora. Of course, Firefox is a hundred percent free and open source software from our friends at, at Mozilla. Um, you will also find, uh, occasionally an article that may tell a user how to do something useful using Google Chrome, because we know that something like half, uh, half our users, uh, install Chrome on Fedora and use the, the Chrome, the official Chrome package for, um, for, for, for their web browsing, uh, uses. So, you know, we try not to discriminate on those bases because we know that people who are using Fedora have different levels of, uh, what, what, uh, they have different levels of tolerance for proprietary versus free software. And so we try to respect that and not make any, any judgments about that, but instead just try and offer people the, the information that they can use, um, about solutions that they can run on Fedora. And having said that, we always prefer to receive articles about free software because, uh, you know, it's, it's, easiest if people can use the, the tooling that's in their uh, that's in their Fedora system already to install new software and use that to solve problems. So that's wonderful. But at the same time, we also don't, uh, we, we don't require that software be packaged in that way for us to feature uh, an article on it. Oh, cool. So that's good to know because normally people have this question in the, in the, the IRC and even the mailing list and people hesitate a lot of writing an article because maybe they're going to write about how to install I don't know Skype or or any proprietary software that is uh, useful in, in so many places and for example I use Fedora in my work in my laptop but I need to communicate with my team via Skype so I need to install Skype that doesn't make me and not uh, free software follower or an open source evangelist like people can can say. I mean, uh, I just need to use the software that is a requirement for my job and I'm not going to be hated about that. About that. Uh, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, and I would say um, as a project, right, Fedora um, tends to be 
I guess you would call it, um, if you were to, if you were to, if you were to have a dial, right? Um, and that dial was to allow you to measure, you know, at one side of the spectrum, um, maybe very idealistic, and then maybe at the other end of the spectrum, very pragmatic. Um, I would say the mag, the magazine tends to fall more on the pragmatic side. So our dial is kind of turned in a way that is, you know, very tolerant of different kinds of software. Although, of course, we, we're absolutely focused on Fedora and we like to focus on free software first. We're a little bit more towards the pragmatic side because we understand that people like yourself are, are using Fedora and they love Fedora and they want, you know, some of them even like yourself want to contribute to Fedora. Um, but they may have specific needs that Fedora for one reason or another, or even free software as a whole may not be able to meet, uh, currently. And so, you know, we try to remember that those people are out there. And, uh, and that they are, they're part of our user community as well. On the other hand, Fedora as a project, you know, turns the dial, uh, more towards the idealistic side, um, where, you know, we, we really only include free and open source software, um, in Fedora with, with very, very few exceptions. And, uh, you know, I think having, having an outreach, uh, based mission for the magazine is the driver for us to have a more pragmatic approach. In other words, that's sort of dictated by our desire to reach out to the most users possible and have them educated and interested um, and excited about using Fedora on a regular basis. We have another place where we have a lot of news too, but it's more intended with for the community. This is a community operation blog. Uh, well, how is our, the relationship between the magazine and the com blog? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. So the, the community blog or com blog, uh, as we call it, um, is, is very much like the magazine in terms of being another WordPress based site. And it is absolutely just as easy to be a contributor there as with the magazine. Um, I would say the community blog though is, uh, more aimed at exposing, uh, items of interest to the Fedora community itself. The Fedora community is made up of thousands of people who are doing different kinds of work uh, in and around the project. Some of them are are simply maybe maintaining a package or two. Um, some people are highly involved in uh, grassroots support work where they go and travel to conferences and speak about Fedora and talk to users there and, and get them interested in the community as well. And whether somebody's in that former group or, you know, really heavily involved, like in the latter group, the com blog is more of an attempt to reach those people and make sure that they are aware of a lot of things that are happening in the Fedora community and around the community. Um, and those are the kinds of topics that are highly interesting to Fedora community members, but are probably not interesting as much to the casual Fedora user. So whereas the magazine might be a route for people to get interested in using Fedora, that is sort of the first step towards them possibly becoming contributors later. The comblog is more of an intermediate step. So if you're involved in the community or highly interested in the community, you'll find news there that helps you um, both be involved uh, or more involved in different parts of the community, but also keeps you aware of what other people are doing um, so that you can uh, share knowledge, uh, share experiences, 
and uh, and hopefully in, inform and consult other people around the community uh, about your activities. Okay, yeah, that's a really really good explanation. As being the kind of the official news site in the project, uh, do you have contact or or any relation with the uh, news sites in the world? I don't know, like Floss News or or any other big brand of news, or they just come to the magazine and grab the articles you write. So I would say um, it, it depends. Uh, for some uh, for some venues, uh, we actually know or are in contact with people who run those those sites, and you know, occasionally we will uh, we might share news with them. Um, we may pick up news that they uh, have have run, and sometimes link to their articles as well. Um, in other cases, uh, you know, I would say for the the, the very large sites. Um, we are, we're probably more of a news source for them. So they may pick up our feed and then link to articles that are on the Fedora magazine site itself. We are actually aiming, I think, to be more of the latter. In other words, to be an authoritative source for information that can be quoted or used in other places. Right? We don't expect that every article that we publish is necessarily going to be of interest to a large site. For example, if we're printing a tip for how a person can um, change a certain setting on their Fedora workstation to do something interesting, that may not be of interest to every large news site out there. On the other hand, when we post an article about the Fedora 28 beta or Fedora 28 GA coming soon, uh, when we post those announcements, we do expect that uh, bigger news sites are going to grab onto that and you know, we'll link back to the official announcement that we carry. Um, so we've also seen that happen with other articles as well. For example, our, our response to uh, Spectre and Meltdown and some previous uh, security, um, security issues uh, of that magnitude uh, generated some links back to our site. And, and we actually uh, do engage with social media as well. So, for example, when we publish, we typically also spread uh, links to our articles on social media sites like Facebook and Twitter, Google Plus, and uh, occasionally Reddit um, or uh, Hacker News, other sites like that, so that people can stay informed no matter what um, no matter what channel they use for getting uh, the latest news. Okay, that's that's uh, that's really nice. Because uh, being part of the marketing team like I am, I normally I'm reviewing these other sites and I I'm see I see that they use uh, some of our articles or even they use uh, the developing a news mailing list to take uh, information. So it's it's a good uh, target to be the feed of this news because it's official coming from the project is they're not grabbing news from gossips anywhere they are coming to the real source of the news and that's a, a really good uh, thing for the project yeah absolutely and you know we work uh closely with other community leaders um so for example the fedora project leader or the fedora community um action and impact coordinator um we will work with them on um specific announcements or other pieces that we run from time to time 
um, just to make sure that we've got, you know, the, the right quality and the right quantity of information there and that it reflects the, um, you know, the voice of the project. So it's important to us as the official source for news and information that, you know, we stay in step with, uh, what the community is up to, what they're doing. Um, but at the same time, of course, we're also focusing on our audience, uh, specifically and getting that information out to them in an appropriate way and, uh, and in a timely way. Yeah. And an interesting part that I saw uh, all the time in the project is even then when we have different teams, like marketing uh, used to have uh, the magazine under their umbrella, but now magazine is an independent team. We have a social media team and we have the engineering part. We have the federal project leader. We have the FK in other part and how this, uh, all these uh, parts work together to produce everything for example uh, um, the better example that i can do is the is the podcast itself uh, i record the podcast i put it in my podcast uh, feeder but the magazine is totally the platform that served me to let people know that is out there and one of the most uh, followers i have right now in the podcast are coming from people that read it in the magazine because it was posted in facebook or in twitter that is the fedora social media team that is another team and so we have we find a way to engage all the teams together to make this big project to work together and this is a one of the most awesome scenes to be in this community and did you have any contact with all these teams or they kind of work automatically um well to be honest um i think to a large extent they they kind of work automatically and come together where needed um you know certainly one of the biggest coordination efforts is around releases and i'd say that's probably where um everyone is really working together in concert to try and get one thing done in the best way possible which is to get the new release of Fedora out the door, uh, which happens about twice a year. And I think in those cases, you find that there's really heavy coordination effort required. Um, and then around that, it tends to be, it, it, it tends to be dependent on what the desired result is for the magazine, because we are, um, highly oriented around, providing user-centric information, tips and tricks, uh, information about applications, information about how to use their system well, some educational information. There's how-tos. We sometimes provide, you know, in-depth guides as to how certain systems work in Fedora. Um, that usually doesn't require as much coordination. Um, honestly, that I think is what makes the magazine a great place for people to, to start getting involved. Um, similar to say Fedora documentation, you can kind of find an area that you know something about or are interested in and you can research it and you can write about it and you can get published, um, pretty much independently. You don't have to go seek a lot of counsel from people. You don't have to seek advice. You don't have to figure out whether or not your piece is going to fit into a larger narrative because it's really about um, just getting that information out there and it's kind of a self-contained, uh, 
self-contained nugget of information that you can put out uh, to, to the audience. So we find that the magazine really doesn't require that kind of level of handholding. At the same time, uh, there are specific, uh, there are specific goals or specific efforts where we are trying to link up with larger goals of the project. And in those cases, we may coordinate closely with other groups. For instance, we have the Fedora Developers Conference annually called Flock. That's where the contributors come together and sort of plan out work for the upcoming year. And we usually like to have some kind of output from that event uh, because what is coming in Fedora is going to affect millions of people who use the Fedora uh, distribution of Linux. So we like to plan some output around that event. That would be an example where we, we do have a little more of a coordination effort. But then on the other hand, somebody could show up and want to write an article about, say, you know, how to use the LibreOffice application to solve a specific kind of problem, right? And they can write that article as a one-off anytime that they want and really don't need that kind of coordination. So it, it's kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion. So uh, in the magazine, we normally see uh, a consistent uh, looking. For example, all the article have a header image and they have a certain kind of, of um, styles in when you're typing code or when it's a command line you're going a command in the command line you're going to throw out so who decide how to construct the the look and feel of the magazine um yeah so we actually have that that information is part of the style guide that i referred to um more towards the beginning of the podcast, um, we have some simple rules for how to mark up uh, your article. We really don't require that writers memorize any of that or even stick to it. The editors will fix all that when needed. Um, and we basically have constructed that to be as simple and easy as possible in a way that matches the style, uh, the style presentation that we provide on the magazine. So the thing that makes you know, our, our CSS style sheets that provide a, a, you know, a look for the computer output and input that, um, that users will see when they're running a terminal application or something like that. Um, we, we provided a style guide to make it easy for writers to choose the right style for their markup. Um, and we've, we've put that in our style guide. So if they want to learn it by heart, they're able to. Uh, and we really try and make it as simple as, and readable as possible, uh, as opposed to, doing large amounts of markup throughout the text, uh, which can actually break it up and make it very difficult for readers um, to quickly scan. So we try and eliminate complexity, and we have a simple style markup. There's only a few things that people need to remember, uh, and then that way uh, both the writers and the readers can concentrate on their uh, on their activity. Okay, that's, that's really cool. Also, I want to congratulate you and all the team and Ryan Lurch, because the new team in the magazine really looks amazing. It was implemented like two days ago before the recording of this episode. And yeah, it's really, it looks fantastic. Really, really good. Yeah, love it. I love it. It's like a, it is a, a really like a spruced up new look for the magazine. And, and I thought it looked fantastic before. And then I saw, you know, I saw the new style and not only does it look fantastic, but it's also, 
Um, it's, it's a little bit easier to, to parse, uh, visually. And it also looks a little more in line with some of the other Fedora, uh, a- applications platform that's out there, um, that our, our contributors are using from day to day. So it really looks like it belongs to the family of, uh, of Fedora, um, on the web. Yeah. It's, it's really look amazing. Uh, well, Paul, if you have anything else you want to share with the people outside that you want to, I don't know, maybe tell people, please feel free to do it. Yeah, I, I guess, well, first, thank you, Edward, for, for having me on. Um, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you. Um, second, uh, just remind folks that they can find the Fedora magazine on your favorite search engine, obviously, or just go to fedoramagazine.org. And definitely check out, uh, some of the, some of the articles there. Get a feel for the magazine. If you're interested in writing something, um, it's very easy to, uh, to write for us. And again, you can, you can use your favorite search engine, Google or whatever. Um, just look for how to write an article for the Fedora magazine and you'll end up on our guide and it will describe the process that you can go through to become a contributor. We would love to have people uh, contribute to the magazine and uh, we look forward to uh, to seeing them at uh, in future editions and and maybe at our meetings well thank you so much paul for coming i know you are always busy and it was a really refreshing conversation about the magazine uh, this is was the fifth episode uh, we tried to post uh, every two weeks and hope you to see you later people bye bye Thank you for listening to the Fedora Podcast. See you in two weeks with more interesting interviews.